Welcome in to Locked On Knicks Fan Friday. We had our awesome locker room chat with you guys yesterday. Took questions and chit-chatted with you all about things coming up with the Knicks. And Gavin, I think this first episode was pretty robust. We had a lot of uh, different talk about various uh, uh, things for the the Knicks as far as this offseason is concerned. And that was sort of a thing a theme of, of the episode, I think, which I guess makes sense after a, a pretty bad loss to the Nuggets. Yeah, Alex, we get into if the Knicks should potentially go for a younger star at the point guard position. I know uh, a highfalutin question, but we particularly discussed De'Aaron Fox, the feasibility of getting him versus someone like Damian Lillard. Um, then we talk about just, just appreciating the season that we have. Um, we, we get more into star talk and who the Knicks could potentially acquire to complement Julius Randle after the season. And then finally, who we want to play in a playoff series, the Hawks versus the Celtics versus the Heat. That was a spirited debate, a really fun conversation, a really fun episode. And it's all coming up right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starks with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up and tucks left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He's Gavin Shaw, play-by-play man by day, podcaster by night. And this is Locked On Knicks Fan Friday. Of course, we had this episode in Locker Room where we talked to all you guys and, and got your takes on the team reacted to them, discussed them with you, all kinds of good stuff. So we got a lot of great stuff in this one, like we said in the intro. I won't hold it up anymore. Without further ado, this is Locked On Knicks Fan Friday. So I thought maybe we could talk about the evolving playoff situation, but we have a uh, we have a, a speaker request already. So uh, do you want to just jump right into it? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right. Actually, I guess I should I guess I should introduce the show. So, what's up? This is Locked On Knicks. This is for our Fan Friday episode, which we'll release tomorrow. Uh, I'm Alex Wolf. He's Gavin Shaw. This is our show. All right, so we're gonna get up our first speaker request here. It's uh, Marvloni Zephyr. I think I got that. Did I get that right? Yeah, it's it's Marvloni, but uh, you can call me Marvin. To be honest, that's what people call me by. Cool. What's up? What's up, Marvin? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, long time Knicks fan. Long time Knicks fan since uh since the oh five, oh six, oh seven year. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. that's a hell of a time to become a fan. How did that come to be? <laughs> um my brother is a long time Knicks fan. He's he's seen them since the finals ninety nine, even through the ninety five season. I was born in ninety five, so Nice. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, so here. Here. Yeah, so for me, the reason why I became a fan around that year was um, 
my favorite game was the triple overtime Detroit game that Channing Fry hit uh, the tying, the game winner or the game tying basket. I'm not, I, yeah, vague, that was, I vaguely remember that one. I think I know. Yeah, what you're the one. About. Yeah, Richard Hamilton had fifty points. I remember that one. To a T. Yeah, yeah. There were some. I mean, surprisingly good ones during that era. You know, like the the Jamal Crawford uh, explosion, or you know, those would come around occasionally. Yeah, or then... you, I think it was the Nate Robinson block on Yao Ming. Also, oh yeah, that was. I mean, that was. It, if you can imagine, like if that was when Twitter and stuff was around, that would have like broken Twitter at the time. Bruh, that was. I saw that live. I I had lead my me and my brother had lead pass since I was like eleven, twelve. So I've been watching this. I've been watching that live. I remember before when they when they had commercials with Lead Pass, the Dosekis commercials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember those as well. So, what's up, man? What's on your mind today? Um, on my mind, to be honest, is everybody. I see all of these like articles about how they want to get Damian Lillard, but in my opinion, they should go for like De'Aaron Fox. He's literally in the same boat as how DeMarcus Cousins used to be. Living, uh, He's in Sacramento. All they do is they lose. Last year, they were supposed to make something happen. This year, it was supposed to make something happen. They're not even in the playoffs. They're not even in the play-in. It's time for him to sh- be shipped out. Not to be shipped out. It's time for him to make a demand to be shipped out. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll hear no argument from me, Darren Fox. Just as just as a person, I mean, not not that I know him personally, obviously, but just listening to him on podcasts, listening to him on interviews. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite people in the NBA. Just seems like a very real, chill dude. Big big Dragon Ball Z fan, as I understand it. Yeah, I mean, heck, heck of a player. He's he's quietly made some strides this year in terms of his three point shooting and his pull up shooting, which was always always the catch with him. And the question I've always had is like, is he going to figure out? that part of his game while he still has that insane speed. And, and right now, end-to-end, he's, he's right up there um, with the Westbrooks of the world for the fastest player in the NBA. Obviously, great handle, very explosive around the basket, talented passer, solid defender. I mean, I would I would love for the Knicks to get him. The only thing I would say is, like, I mean, for the Knicks, like, you, you just kind of have to make the move on the first star who asks out of a crummy situation, whether that be Damon Portland uh, Carl Anthony Towns, though, that situation in Minnesota with how good Anthony Edwards might be is looking increasingly better. Um, or, or maybe um, maybe it is De'Aaron Fox. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Marvin, to the point that that Sacramento situation um, might be the worst of all of them, as good as Tyree Halliburton is. Um, those two together, I, I just don't see where they're going to make hay in the Western Conference. Trading Bogdanovich was a sign that they knew they weren't going to compete this year and maybe a sign they knew they weren't going to realistically compete the next few years. It feels like they have a they have a bunch of solid dudes around him, but I I just don't see the avenue for them acquiring another star, especially because they're they're almost caught on that treadmill of mediocrity that you see teams like the Orlando exactly. Magic on year after year, where they they're not necessarily going to get a pick high enough unless they get some real good lottery luck to land that next guy. They had their shot with Luca, they blew it. So I'm, I'm with you, and that's the situation that's potentially combustible. But Alex, what are you? What are your thoughts? On- so my only thing, which I'm trying to, I'm trying to do just a little, uh, little CBA FAQ uh, research here, 
into if I'm right here. I think since next year is the first year of Fox's uh, rookie max extension that he just signed, I think there's a rule prohibiting them being traded during that first year. Um, I, I don't think that a player could be traded during the first year of a rookie max deal extension. And the same with uh, with a super max, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I don't. I, Hmm. I thought that with the soup, I thought that uh, also, but I didn't know that with the rookie max. This that is new, and I do need to check on the CBA rules. But it was more or less with the fit. We need a point guard. And then two, if you think about it, I was telling a friend if we basically ship, we have basically two first round picks. We have a boatload of second round picks, and we have you know two young rookies that look like they could be something is quickly and topping. Of course, nobody wants to get off uh, quickly, but if you can trade quickly for Deer and Fox, I'll do that in a heartbeat. No, I mean, I love quickly. I love his shooting. Trust me, him, him hitting those 30-footers, bang, every time from Mike Breen, perfect. But at the end of the day, you, we have to build for more because we're competing with our cross-time rivals. And that's that. That's what we have to initiate in the first place. But it would be funny three left-handers as the three soup as the three stars, and then you know, then you have Brooklyn's team. It, it'll be a nice look that you know New York is actually back if we had De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I would go after him if he's available. I think the big thing is, uh, it, you know, it's I, I don't know that he will be available because they just locked him up to that five-year extension. I, I don't know if the Kings would just like out of the goodness of their heart be like, sure, we'll trade him somewhere where he can win more because they're just they're going to look at it as like we've got this guy locked up. That said, I, I would make an offer for him, that, but I wouldn't go so insane that you you know essentially bankrupt the the reserves uh, for the future, which I think you probably have to do to get him. Unfortunately, uh, I, whereas I think you know if potentially. The, the rationale behind if someone like Lillard would become available would be kind of like, all right, Portland's looking to, you know, rebuild and blow it all up at this point. So, you know, it will trade him and maybe it won't take quite as much as it would take to pry, you know, De'Aaron Fox with five years on his contract from Sacramento to get Damian Lillard with, I don't know how many years he has left. I, I would assume probably like two or something after this year uh, left on his contract out of out of Portland. Um, you know, that's kind of where it comes down to, like how much leverage does the player have to force that kind of deal? How much leverage do the Knicks then have to sort of make the deal to be like, Hey, you know, this player is saying that they're going to leave you no matter what at the end of their contract, whether you trade them now to us or whether you let them hit free agency. So would you rather get something now or would you rather get left high and dry? And that's sort of, that's all the NBA trade negotiations are made of is leverage. You know, it's, do you have enough to do you have enough between assets and you know sort of like advantage points over them to get them to accept a certain deal uh and most of that comes down to contract length and how much a guy has left which is why I usually see guys get traded with either one year left on their deal uh after the the season that they get traded or like in their contract year um just because you know that that's when guys become more attainable so um, I, I would love to, to short answer is I'd love if they could somehow get someone like De'Aaron Fox. I just don't see it as super attainable. I, I would almost say someone in that same general class I could see being 
maybe more attainable would be like a Shea Gilgis Alexander. If Oklahoma city looks at that and says, I mean, obviously he's fantastic, but you know, maybe they look at it with the way that they're approaching roster building right now. It seems like they don't expect to be good for another like three, four years at least, uh, you know, and they seem to want to just have every single first round pick in every first round for the next like five seasons. Uh, <laughs> just hope they can, they can find their, their hit that way. Um, but maybe they would be, you know, willing to be swayed on someone like SGA because, you know, they might say, all right, well, by the time that we have to pay him, you know, he's not going to, which is next summer, by the way, is, is when he which, gets paid. All right, Alex, we're going to take a quick break, but I wanted to remind everyone Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week is tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if, it's a very big if, use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I thought yeah. about I thought about SGA, but if you thought if you think about it, we're talking about um their GM, that man gets picks out the behind. If we're talking about bankruptcy, that man takes people's picks like he, like Debo takes money. Like he, yeah, I guess it would just depend on. So the SGA does have the potential for a power play there if he wants to make it, basically, which would be he could threaten them with the same thing that Porzingis threatened the Knicks with, which is I'll sign the qualifying offer and and I'll hit unrestricted free agency the next year. It's like borderline unprecedented so few guys have actually done it i think the last major guy somewhat major guy to do it was greg monroe actually accepted the qualifying offer and then hit unrestricted free agency the next year and and got a pretty decent payday uh to go to a different team but other than that it's it's a pretty rare maneuver but it is one that exists so like there is that small amount of leverage that sj would maybe have if he's like you guys clearly aren't prioritizing me you know, and building around me, you're prioritizing like four years from now. And I don't want to wait around four years for this to become a good team. So trade me or else I'm going to find a way out. Um, but it's it's definitely a power play to be sure. But yeah, I mean, I would love if they would go for someone a little on the younger side. Uh, and, and I'm with you there because, you know, Randall is actually still somewhat young. RJ is only 20 years old. Uh, you know, Mitch and Obi and Quickly and all those guys are all 23 or younger. So that's definitely uh, something that you want to look at is, you know, how can we capitalize when all these young guys will be at their best, hopefully, uh, along with Randall kind of aging gracefully through his prime here and carrying the team uh, during that time. So, yeah, I, I would I would love if they could find someone younger. The, the challenge is just going to be finding that guy because I, I think it's going to be a really tricky market over the next couple of years here. Yeah, that's that's the thing about that's why I brought in Darren Fox is because if you think about it in the next couple of years, there's really nothing. I mean, there is Bradley Beal, but until I I really feel like during the offseason or during the playoffs, he's gonna realize why people just don't 
like they love Russell Westbrook as a teammate, but they just don't want to play for him when it comes to like wanting to win win is because he doesn't in my opinion, I've I've always been told I'm a kind of a Westbrook hater. He he's not a winning player. He's more of a I I get the stats. Hey, look at my stats. That's why I'm the best player. Blah blah blah. But does the win correlate with the stats? It necessarily does not. So I feel like after the playoffs, maybe Bradley Beal will sit there and say, "Hey, maybe it's time for me to go." Like this situation won't win me a championship. I won't even get out the first round. And then he sees the Knicks, who have just Julius Randle as his be- as the as our best player, go to the second round. Hopefully, you know, I'm, as a Knicks fan, I'm just hoping. But if he sees that. He's like, dude, I'm better than Julius Randle. I could, I could, shoot, imagine if I was on that team. So you never know. And he only has two more years plus, I think, one more player option. So he has, he has some leverage, in my opinion. Yeah, certainly. I, I think that's another name to look out for, too. Uh, but, Marvin, we got a couple of other people waiting to come up, so I want to make sure we get to everybody uh, – so we're gonna we're gonna send you off. Do you have any final thoughts? And and do you want to tell people where to find you on social media or anything before we send you off? Uh, yeah, my final thoughts is you know I'm glad that you know first time that we finally got a coach. It wasn't an experimental coach like Derek Fisher or you know one of those coaches that we just never heard of and or even Fisdale. That that was a bad hire. But you know we finally got Tom. You know he's def- defense all no bull no nothing. Uh, no nonsense. So I'm glad about that. But you guys can find me at uh, my Instagram is what's it to you, as in uh, what W H A T S I T the number two ya, which is Y U H. So what's it to you? Um, you guys can find me there, and uh, I would love to be back on the show next week. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely come back through. And, you know, maybe even feel free to get back in line if uh, if we're, you know, if things okay. clear up a little bit. So, all right. All right thanks, thanks man. guys. Thanks a lot, Marvin. Okay. You guys have a great day. You too, man. Yeah. All right. We're going to get to our next one here. We got Fraser Coleman is up next. Fraser, frequent guest on here. Fraser, what's up? Uh-oh. Did we lose Fraser? Three, two. Three, I'm one. here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, there we go. Hey, what's you, up? You cut, you cut out on me there for a second. Oh, it's hey cool. Guys. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Um, a couple things. One is, I, I think as Knicks fans, we uh, we should sort of listen to the, the wise words of Andy Menard from The Office. I don't know if you were Office fans, but uh, big fan, big Office. There was a time towards the end of uh, the series run where Andy Menard, the Nard Dog, goes. I wish somebody would would have told us that we were going through the good old times when we were. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get this quote. I think I, I think I've got the quote but, uh, you're looking for. It just appreciate the moment that you're in. Is this? Is, go ahead. Let's hear it. Uh, as you say, I think it was. I think it was. Uh, I wish oh, someone would tell us that we're in the good old days when we're in the good old days, so we could appreciate them more or something along that along those lines yeah and, and that's the message right now is, is uh god we got to appreciate this this team my god it's just i'm a long-suffering mix fan and uh my god this has just been such an amazing run and we're gonna look back on this year as uh, a monumental effort um 
and a, a truly a peak for the team, one of the peaks. All right, we're going to take our second break. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. There's all kinds of fantastic flavors, nine delicious flavors available at all times, plus limited time flavors. And, you know, you've probably heard about my favorites already. I love coconut almond, give you that almond joy taste. Mint brownie is fantastic. Peanut butter brownie is another great one. Salted caramel. There's really something for everyone from Built Bar. And I just, I can't get enough of coconut almond that tastes just like Almond Joy, which is one of my favorite regular candy bars. And Built Bar, honestly, you wouldn't know the difference. You would think it was just a candy bar. But if you if you kind of can't decide and you want to try all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Really a fantastic way to taste all the Built Bars and figure out which one you like the best. Uh, most Built Bar flavors also are pretty good for you. They have 17 grams of protein. And only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. That's a really fantastic ratio of protein to not a lot of sugar and not a lot of carbs. And somehow it all tastes like one of those guilty, you know, guilt-inducing, fattening candy bars that you're used to. But without all that, it's really fantastic stuff. And if you don't know what to get for your mom for Mother's Day, I mean, it's it's tight. So you might have to give it to her as a late Mother's Day gift at this point. But most moms love built bars. I mean, why not, right? They're good for her. They give, you know, a lot of energy from all that protein. So send her a box and you'll be sure to be her favorite, at least until you get her her next box of built bars. If you want to get some for yourself or your mom, go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. That said, this signing of Luca is so exciting. I mean, it's like a third uh, first-round pick for us, and then we still have two more picks to go. Um, but the, my, my real question is, you know, there, there's now talk about trying to re-sign Randall this offseason uh, and, and to max him out. So that really puts a lot of pressure on Leon and, and the crew to find him another star, like a, a transcendent star. Um and who, who do you guys think uh, they should be going after to try to, to bring in this offseason? Because it, 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 it seems like they, once they sign Randall, then they can use up most of their cap space. Yeah, I mean, well, a, a, lot, a lot to go through there. I would say, uh, first of all, I'm with you in, in appreciating the moment. Uh, that's, that's something we, we should all do as Knicks fans. And there's, there's a tendency, I think, especially – on the uh, on the media side, if we're if we're professional enough to be considered media, um, to just kind of be like, all right, what's next? Who's the next star? Um, like, what are they going to do? Which I guess we're going to answer with the rest of this question. But but yeah, this should this should be appreciated. This is a this is a special special run. Also very excited about Luca. And then I mean, to me, I mean, you have to look at Kawhi Leonard at this point because it's looking increasingly plausible that we could have an LA on L.A. bloodbath in the first round. And I, I actually, I think the Clippers might be the third best team in the NBA this year, maybe the fourth, maybe the second. Um, and there's a, there's a world where they, where they don't get out of that, though, because they're going up against LeBron and AD. I still kind of question if he would leave. Like, he went through all this effort to get to L.A. And 
it seemingly was, I mean, obviously part of the package was that they, they got him Paul George and they got him a ready-made finals contender. But it was also partially because that's just where he's from and that's the part of the country he wanted to live in. So I, I know there's there's a lot of hype about him going to New York, but I think he's, I mean, I guess I guess it's hard for anyone to really know him, but I think he's measured enough to see, like, even even if it goes catastrophically bad and they lose in the first round this year, um, is is New York a more ready-made situation for him to win than the Clippers are? I don't know. You could you could make the case either way. Um, I mean, there there are still a lot of people who who would rather have Paul George as a running mate than Julius Randle, right or wrong. Um, I would argue the Knicks supporting cast is better, and they would they would pretty quickly vault near the top of the East. The issue is you you got to go through that Nets team if you come to the Eastern Conference. So I'm curious if Kawhi's that guy. Um, and we actually, we didn't, we didn't really get into talking about Dame that much on the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued, obviously. I mean, he's, he's sort of a, sort of a dream fit at point guard and the idea of, I mean, obviously you got to give up something in the trade, whether it's RJ or quickly, but packing that much shooting on the floor between him, Randall, if you could somehow keep IQ Bullock around Mitch rolling to the rim, and and still maintaining Tibbs's defensive infrastructure and the and the exciting thing for the Knicks is they're so good defensively and it's not I mean Elf I guess has his moments but it, and Rose has his moments but it's not like they have an overwhelming defensive point guard right now so you think that with Dame they could still I mean potentially be a top five team in the league on both ends of the floor so I mean he's he's really the name I go to just because I, I don't. I'm torn on how feasible Kawhi is, even if they lose in the first round. Uh, Lowry, I don't. I, I think he makes you a winning team. I don't know if he's the huge name that you're that you're wanting. But the, the good thing with Randall is he's made his intentions. Like if you guys listen to the Woj podcast, he's made his intentions very clear that he wants to stay in New York. And I think I think it might be enough that desire to make it work and, and to allow the Knicks to maintain that amount of cap space. I mean, you very rarely see players leave money on the table, but I, I think it kind of tracks perfectly with the fact that Randall only has a one-year track record of this kind of success. So there's there's an opportunity there for both sides to, to come out and say they're winning, where the Knicks sign him to the extension this summer. The Knicks don't have to worry about paying him, I mean, potentially, what is it, like another like couple, like tens of millions of dollars the following year um, when he's an unrestricted guy. And Randall can say he got the win because he, he got his current max. And he doesn't have to worry about next year if he gets hurt, that money could be off the table. So to me, I, I, I think regardless of whether or not they get a star, that is going to happen this summer. And I feel I feel pretty good about that. Obviously, Randall will want some assurances that that's happening down the road. And I, I think I think he'll get them because that's pretty clearly been Tibbs's goal and this front office's goal from day one. They, they made it re- very clear they weren't going to slow play things. A lot of us, including myself, were dubious of that, but it's it's worked out great, and that's been their trajectory all along. So I think I think where there's a lot of trust there is that everyone is kind of inherently on the same page. So I'm I'm pretty confident they get something done with him. Yeah, I kind of feel similar to you, Gavin, in the sense that I mean, maybe maybe you look at Lillard if if he becomes available, but by and large, I don't. I if I'm the Knicks, I'm not looking to spend big stupid money this offseason necessarily. I wouldn't be afraid of more or less running it back. Um, you know, if you could get uh, Kawhi, obviously you get him. If you can get 
Uh, Lowry, I, I, I would consider that pretty much a no-brainer. You know, give him a hefty, like, two-year deal or something to, you know, make sure that he's happy financially and, you know, but make it so that it's still tradable enough even in the final year, you know, if, if something better comes along. Uh, I think that's a good move. And he would he would certainly raise the floor of the team by quite a bit and start pushing them. You know, maybe it's not an instant overnight finals contender kind of move, but not all moves have to be that. You can just progressively get better and then eventually find that, you know, find that missing piece that pushes you over the top at some point. Kind of like what Toronto did, you know, in a way, uh, before they got Kawhi, where finally they just said, all right, now's the time. Push the chips in. No matter how fluky it is, they won a championship. Um, so, you know, they, they've got that to hang their hat on. And, you know, it'll always live on as the right move there to get Kawhi and win that title. Um, as far as other guys, I mean, there's nobody else really. Like, I'm really not in love with giving, like, Lonzo Ball a ton of money or someone like that. Uh, just because I don't know for sure that he's going to turn into – a player that's worthy of the contract it would take to pry him away as a restricted free agent. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not super in love with that. Um, or any of the restricted free agent types that I could really see around this off season. So I, I think that it would be fine to just basically run it back and say, all right, well, we're getting, we're adding potentially three new draft picks. Like you said, adding Luca Vildoza, who is a fresh young face to the team. Uh, why not just re-sign some of these guys that have been really good that were only here on one-year deals, reward them, you know, give them hefty one-year deals for one more year, like Noel, Burks, um, Bullock, all that. Try to bring them all back and then, you know, hit 2022 free agency running with Randall becoming a free agent, maybe looking to recruit someone in a, a slightly more star-studded class that year, it seems like. So it, I just think that would be the move to me more so than going to going for it all this off season or even trying to, you know, be super aggressive this off season. That's kind of where my brain's at. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot guys. It's really uh, helpful. Um, I, I see Lonzo as a path to get Levine, you know, uh, you want to stop the bulls from getting Lonzo and make yeah. Chicago impalatable for Levine and then hope to get Levine the following year. Yeah. Um, I guess Levine's another one of those guys that I'm not super in love with either just because, the, the metrics really don't like him in terms of like his obviously he's fantastic on offense. He's so efficient and everything, but like every net rating matrix uh, metric seems to paint him as overall a negative just because his defense is such a minus. But I know some of that's team contingent, you know, you can't always trust those numbers because he could just always be out there with bad defenders on the bulls, which is entirely possible. Uh, but the, the numbers do seem to suggest that he might not be, uh, good enough on defense to make up for even his extremely prodigious talent on offense. Okay. The, the last one is, would you take on uh, Kevin Love's contract if it meant that the Knicks could get back Colin Sexton? And uh, if they have to max out Randall this year, would would you would you make that move just to, to get like a win-now team? Yeah, actually, I mean, doesn't – Love only has one more year in his deal now. Is that – am I right in I, saying I think, that? I think that's right. But it's like yeah, you know, 30 I mean, million. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of Kevin Love. I think I really dislike how he conducts himself on the court lately. Yeah, um, the idea is to get Colin Sexton, though, right? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. So I was yeah. going to say, if the idea is essentially to give him the Joakim Noah treatment, <laughs> have him sit home, uh, or or just make it clear to him, like, look, man, like you can't bring any of this pouty baby crap here. Like, 
you gotta you gotta come here ready to play. And if you're willing to play for a team that could potentially be a championship contender, if you play at your best self off the bench behind Randall, then sure we'll we'll bring you on. But otherwise, you're essentially just a, a filler to bring Colin Sexton. Sexton, I'm not like super in love with, but I mean he has grown a ton as a scorer. Um, and you do get him for one more season on a rookie contract, which is great. Uh, so next year, you know, he's on a rookie deal. The year after that, his cap hit shouldn't be too crazy when you're trying to hit free agency, hopefully. So I would potentially look at, yeah, I mean, if that deal was on the table uh, and it was essentially for free, you know, like if it's like, uh, just trade us like, I don't know, Kevin Knox or something, because we really want to get off of Love's contract and we're willing to move Sexton to do it then I'd say, okay, yeah, go for it. But it would take that sort of situation. I don't know that I'll give up any sort of significant assets to make that happen, just because I have some kind of similar concerns about Sexton with his defense and stuff. Um, Although the Cavs were a pretty good defensive team to start this year. uh, That kind of fell off as time went on. But they were sort of like what people thought the Knicks were going to be, honestly. With like their their defense started off like top five for the first like month and change of the season, then all of a sudden just fell off a cliff, which maybe had something to do with the fact that they they just sent Andre Drummond home and you know tried to trade him and all that, and maybe also just has something to do with the team just not being nearly as good as they looked to start the season. But um, yeah, I, I would I would do that, but I wouldn't give up a huge premium price. Is is my answer, I guess. But Gavin, I, I don't know how you feel about Sexton. Uh, similarly, I mean, all the, we, we, you've heard the, uh, I mean, part of the reason love, not that, not that his actions are justified has been, uh, so edgy the last few years. And this is going back to last season is I, I can't say I watch a ton of Cavaliers basketball. So I guess this is all secondhand, but we've all heard the stuff about Sexton not passing to the point that other teams are literally teasing his teammates and being like, why are you running around? It's not like he's going to throw you the ball. Um, so that, that scares me a little bit. I, I get it as a as a pure talent play. I kind of think you got to do it. And the worst case is you could turn Sexton into the most overqualified sixth man in the NBA. Though I don't I don't imagine he would be super happy with that. Um, I don't know though. Sometimes you you get these guys that are considered like selfish or like not not to put this on him because I haven't heard this, but like head cases um, or whatever. Not again. Sexton seems like a good dude, but. Um, you put them in the right situation and all of a sudden those issues go away and you're like, oh, was it, was it really just the organization and the team that he was coming from? All, all of a sudden, I'm not, not hearing so much about that guy. Like I, even like someone like Dennis Schroeder is an example where you heard all this stuff about him in Atlanta and all of a sudden he's on the Thunder with Chris Paul last year. He's on the Lakers. Um, all of a sudden, like there's not, there's not so much noise of that. And maybe, maybe it still is a real thing, but it just doesn't matter when, when the talent is good enough, and you have you have someone like Julius Randle who actually has the leverage to go out and say, "Hey, I'm better than you. You got to move the ball." Um, so I would I, I would be down for it as a talent play. I, I just I, I don't see the Cavs even even though there's some overlap obviously between him and Darius Garland. And if I were them, Garland would be the more valuable long term piece for me. I, I have a feeling they would they would ask for a premium, and they're they're not really in a position yet. Like I, I just don't see why I, I see why situationally. They'd be desperate to get off of love and maybe even give up an asset to do it. But I, I don't think Colin Sexton's that asset. I, I think maybe it's it's attaching a heavily protected first round pick to him. But I, I don't think you trade a star to, to – and I mean and maybe that's questionable phrasing on Sexton. But I'll say I don't think you trade a potential star just to get off Kevin Love. Like think like if the Knicks were in that scenario and someone was like, oh, would you trade IQ to get off that contract? Most people would be like, 
hell no, we're, we're going to wait it out. And I'm sure Cleveland feels similarly about Sexton. Yeah. Uh, all right, Fraser, we have a couple of speakers right. waiting. To come Thank on. you. Yeah. But we have a we have an interesting uh, thing from the from the comments. Ari said maybe we should ask everybody what their fr- favorite Clydeism is uh, while you're up. So we'll send you off. What's your favorite Clydeism? Oh wow! You know I've met Clyde a couple times. <laughs> oh, you're um, lucky. You know uh, uh, the the precoci- precocious neophyte is is, uh, is a good one. Yeah, that was Gavin's favorite last night yeah. too. I love that one too. It's a, it's yeah. a good one. It's a good when I met Clyde, right. he, he still had those Mack and sideburns that were like the uh, Starsky and Hutch car sideburns that came all the way down to the corners of his mouth. Yeah, he's the mutton cool... chops, right? Yeah, he's, a... he is so cool, that guy. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah, he's the man. All right, uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Any any social no. media before you sit down? No, no, we're good. Hey, thanks a lot for taking right. your time to, to talk to me. Yeah, thanks, Fraser. Thanks for coming up as always, man. Okay, yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Appreciate all it, right. man. All right, moving to our next person here. Let's see who we got. Ariel Suarez is up next, and then Omar is in the queue as well. So we'll get to Omar in a sec. So, Ariel. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's going on, guys? Not much. How are you? Depending who's in. Uh, Doing well. Doing well. Uh, I'll make it short. Not much of a talker, but um, I live out in Boston. And I wear my Knicks gear since I've moved out here in 2016. But it feels so good now wearing my gear and not, you know, having people coming up to you and saying, man, the Knicks, man, those guys are playing hard. And just giving props, <laughs> you know. Um, I also wear my Mets gear, and that's a whole different story. But uh, <laughs> I hope you didn't buy a Lindor jersey right away. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. A shirt, that's why I keep it to jerseys. These guys coming up. Yeah, go. right. Yeah, you don't want to go over commit. <laughs> but – I love the fact that we're able to discuss playoffs now and not, you know, refreshing Tackathon every five minutes. As you know, the past five years, it was just mind-numbing. And uh, I just love the fact that we're talking playoffs and who would ever thought fourth seed. So this season's been just absolutely crazy. So, Yeah, we've had – I mean, it's been a, a bit of an adjustment for us, I think. Normally by this point in the season – we would already be like, all right, what draft guys are we going to have on? When should we get Wasserman back here? Should we message Ricky O'Donnell? Like, uh, we going to get Spencer back on, whatever. You know, trying to figure out all of our – and like, oh, off-season time. You know, who should we talk to about that? And now this time around, it's like, man, I don't, I don't want to think about that until the right. buzzer sounds on whatever game knocks them out of the playoffs. Then I'll think about the draft and free agency and all that stuff. Um, I haven't I mean, looked at agency, one mock draft think, since the All-Star break. Yeah, Maybe I mean, free that. agency we'll think about. But, but yeah, it's sure. funny. Like, we even took a we took a mailbag question last night that was like, you know, who are guys you're looking at in the draft? And, like, we can give a rough idea of some names. But the, the thing is, is it's so hard to even pinpoint certain dudes with where the Knicks pick is and where the Mavs right. pick is because it, there's no level of certainty anymore. You know, it's not like, oh, I can pinpoint seven guys that I think will reasonably – or, like – I could pinpoint nine guys that I think will reasonably gone be gone in the top seven. So we could talk about anybody in those last two, you know, or like uh, some other guys that come after that as far as the guys that might be available to the Knicks. And it, it was a pretty, at least somewhat exact science. Whereas now it's like, I can't even, you know, we're going to have to really just almost right up until draft time, you know, it's going to be like a, a potential 30 something guys that we're going to have to have in mind 
uh, based off the fact that, like, last year, the Knicks kind of shocked everybody with their later pick and took quickly. Um, they might have something up their sleeve this year that we're going to have to somehow be prepared for. So it'll be interesting. But it is good to not be able to – not be thinking about that now before the season. And uh, yeah. so real quick on – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. No, I was going to say, as far as with the uh, with the playoffs go, I'm assuming you guys think the Hawks are the easier route to the second round versus Celtics and the Heat. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely feel. So. Right. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think the Hawks are are really good, though. Like, I, I think that's Same. yeah, that's that's a toss up series. Like, that's that's not a, a walk in the park by any means. I would just probably lean towards Boston or Miami beating them, even though Boston has the talent advantage but that team has just been really weird all year like the Knicks are in a lot of ways they're they're polar opposite in in that they don't quite have the like two of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker who came back last night and had a monster game but they're so together and there's nothing there's nothing off about this Knicks team right everything from an intangibles perspective feels really really good while everything from an intangible perspective is on that Celtics team feels really weird. I think Atlanta is, is, is under Nate McMillan at least, is kind of like playing an inverted version of yourself. It's sort of like the Spider-Man meme of, of the two sides pointing at each other. <laughs> they're, they're really balanced, and it feels like it's all good vibes over there. And especially if they get healthy, where like Herder, Reddish, and Hunter are all back on top of all the other guys that are playing well. They, they, they just got a lot of dudes who can hurt you. Yeah, I'd probably rank them... Uh, Atlanta as the the team I would most want to face in the first round. Uh, then I would say the Celtics number two, pretty close second, and then way in in first place, so to speak, as far as teams I wouldn't want to face would be the Heat. I just think the Heat have the next number. You know, it's they 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 just soundly beat them every time this year. I mean, it came oh, yeah. down to the last few plays a few times, but it just always felt destined to be a Heat game. You know, when when the Knicks were playing them this year. And I think that they've got just the right mix of guys to really mess up the Knicks. Like, Bam on on Randall is a really tough matchup. Um, Mm -hmm. Jimmy on RJ, really tough matchup. You know, they just, they match up right with the Knicks all across the board. And obviously, they have the finals pedigree as well. So, plus, if you consider they have Oladipo now, who wasn't there either times that the the Knicks played them, I think... uh, I think that's that's the team I would least want to see out of those three. And I, I do think the Knicks could reasonably beat the Hawks or the Celtics. But I, I just something tells me if they're facing the Heat in round one, that it would be like a hard fought six or maybe seven game series, but ultimately I think the Heat would come out on top of that one if if I'm looking at it objectively. So that's about where I stand there. The the thing with Trey Young, it, he's that kind of player that can cause he was killing us for through three quarters before he got hurt. And I could see him really like just killing us for the whole series. Yeah, it could happen. And I mean, once it hits, I, I will say the one thing that, and it'll be interesting to see how Trey Young is handled uh, with this. But the one thing about the NBA is that once it hits the playoffs, the whistle is different. That's um, true. They do tend to let guys play more during the playoffs than they do during the, the regular season. So I'll be curious to see for a guy like like Trey, who's so dependent on foul calls, uh, often somewhat dubious ones, how much that's going to affect 
his uh, his game in the playoffs and how much it's going to affect the Hawks in general. But it, he could still, obviously, I mean, even without drawing a foul call, he could still cook you with, you know, his various little runners and his uh, his three point shooting, his passing ability, all that stuff. Like he's still got plenty of things to call upon. So it will be interesting to see though how how that ends up going with uh, with Trey Young in the playoffs and and if that is the matchup for the Knicks, how they handle a pretty high-octane Hawks team, uh, particularly if they are anywhere near full strength. So, right, um, right. But, Ariel, we got a, we got another speaker sure, request sure. to come up. So Thanks, guys. Do you want to give us your favorite Clydeism as well? Um, I'm terrible. My memory is the worst. But I would probably say uh, now they have to pay for their transgressions. He said something. I love when he says that. I don't know why. Uh, oh, pay for their transgressions, yes. Yeah, he always uh, says that. It is. It is really funny because he always says it, and he makes it sound so ominous, like it's like it's <laughs> yeah. something really, really dastardly, you know. And it'll just be like, uh, you know, oh, they've they've they're in the bonus now, and it's like, oh, now the Knicks have to pay for their transgressions. They're in the bonus the whole rest of the way. And it's yeah, like, it, it sounds like if, if you guys watch, I know you don't, Alex, but if someone watches Game of Thrones, like Ned Stark is about to behead them in the middle of the woods once they get oh into the bonus. <laughs> but. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me on. Um, let's go, Knicks, and uh, take it easy, guys. All right, well, thanks and, so much, Ariel. Thanks yeah, for having well, that, up. And, and that's that's bold, man. We're wearing it out in Boston, but I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the effort. And and now, hopefully, it's a little easier for you now. <laughs> it is for sure. All, All right. right, I will see you, man. Bye. Later, Peace, man. guys. All right, that's it for this first part of Fan Friday. We will have another part coming out for you guys as well to get into some other great discussions, such as looking at Colin Sexton as a potential uh, trade target. And if you could use your cap space to also take in Kevin Love is sort of the price to absorb Colin Sexton. Malcolm Brogdon as a potential target, a guy we heard about around the trade deadline a little bit, but hasn't really come up since. Uh, Lonzo Ball, and if if he can get better, if he can improve in the half court offense, which he's shown a little bit of ability to recently, uh, so, you know, if the Knicks should potentially look at him and we talk, it, we did this a little bit in this episode as well, but uh, everybody gives their favorite Clyde isms, which is really fun. It was a, it was a very fun episode in that regard, just kind of uh, going through all of our favorites, uh, uh, things that Clyde says. And finally, uh, you've listened to the first part of Locked on Knicks Fan Friday. If you want to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, check out the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And uh, keep your ear out. The second part of this episode is not far off. Should be in your feed pretty soon. So just uh, keep your keep your ears and eyes peeled. And we'll be back with you all soon. But until next time, peace out. Talk to you all.